All right. Well, what is up, friends? Welcome to another Rogue Table Talk. I am one of your hosts, Chad Myers, and I am here with... Mike Sherman. The one. And the only. And the only. And this is actually our second intro uh, because the quote-unquote Jacob, his computer... <laughs> his computer was, was something happened. It was too slow. Whatever, in quotes. His computer was too slow. Yeah. In quotes, whatever that means. So this second, this is take two. Right, take two. <laughs> but thank, thankfully, we only got, got to the intro. Yeah. And thank you, Jacob, for helping us. For all you do. <laughs> this is episode 15, and Mike, why don't you let us know where we're going today? We have a new series uh, that we're going to be teaching through. It's called Welcome Home. And uh, it's a series that uh, really is about what is home, uh, why, what is welcoming, how do we create uh, a home, how are we welcoming as God's people, and what keeps us from all of that, and what that should look like, and what it often doesn't look like, uh, as we live in a world that is often pretty unwelcoming and we can be impacted by that and be sometimes pretty unwelcoming our own selves, yeah. I believe. Um, so um, let's, let's go back to the beginning. Come on. Come all the way back. All the way back. Go back to the garden. How far our, are you going back? It's all the way back to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> Adam and Eve and God. And so that's, if you want to say, our first home, the home we were really made for, the home we're designed for. So let's talk about that home for a second. So okay. uh, you and I weren't there, <laughs> but Touché. what was it like? What was Eden like mm. for Adam and Eve in some ways? What was, what was, you know, God was there, Yeah, right? And they had intimate relation with God in terms of they were with him face to face, they were, they spoke with him that he was there. Uh, he, you know, God had Adam name all the animals and it was beautiful and everything was the way it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And there's that, you know, that Hebrew word shalom is everything was not just peaceful, but everything was like perfectly harmoniously interconnected in the right place, nothing out of place. And that's sort of mm. what we long for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think words, it's difficult. Uh, words fail us to describe the shalom, the peace, the beauty, um, the serenity of Eden. What would it have been like? Uh, and, and, and it's almost you have to use words that tell you what it wasn't like. Right. You know, there's no sin, there's no right. jealousy, there's no um, internal turmoil. Um, it's this pure, uh, sense of I don't need to search for my identity or my purpose. You know, you think of the big questions that mm -hmm. humanity asks: right. Where do we come from? Where are we going? Um, why am I here? Like all of those, I would argue, were just embedded in the existence of Eden. Yes, I know where I came from. I know why I'm here. Mm -hmm. I know where we're going. Right. So, in the best sense, they were at home, mm -hmm. at the home they were designed for. They were at home with God. They were at home with creation. They were at home with each other. Yeah. There was no disharmony or everything was, was good. And then um, they ruined it. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You said at home and I thought, oh, yeah. And I don't know, you do a lot of weddings. I do mm -hmm. a lot of weddings being in ministry. You read the passage of Genesis 2. 
mm-hmm. they were naked, naked and, unashamed. and unashamed. And it's it's a probably a true literal, but also a bigger picture yeah. of they were bare with who they were, like no insecurities, no need to be defensive or hide, and they weren't ashamed about right. it. So right. can, can you imagine what you would be like as a human with that? Right. And I think that's the, the sense that they were at home with themselves, mm-hmm. with who they were, yeah. not just with, it, wasn't, it was more than a place. It was everything about it was home. And that's sort of, I think, part of us, a big part of us, and it might be deep down longs for that, right? Yeah. But part of us rebels against that too, mm-hmm. because we are the people made for the garden, but we're also the people who rejected mm-hmm. in a sense the garden. Right? Yeah, it's an active rejection. Unfortunately, the theological term fall uh, is somewhat passive. Like I tripped and I fell. Oops. Well, yeah, it wasn't was it my fell fault? into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I walked under yeah, the tree. Under the tree looked up. In. Yeah, it's a it's a um, apostasy. It's an active rejection of the king's reign. And so there is. I think that's a really good point. Now, how did all that creep in? What mm-hmm. are the origins of mm-hmm. that? You know, that's it's mystery a, there. Mystery. But I do think that's important to think about. Is is that w- since we don't grasp the at-homeness of Eden, we don't grasp the horror of the mm. rebellion. Yeah, it's good. That, hey, God doesn't have the best in mind for you. God's holding out on you. God's yeah. keeping something from you. He doesn't want you to be like him. And that sense of things that we probably can say sort of easily, but they're in the sense where everything is, they're at home with mm-hmm. everything. And yet they then decide that they want something else. Yeah. They were in, encouraged in that, but they still, they, you know, they're responsible. They're, they're, yeah. They have agency, as we have said in other, other podcasts. And then, so not only there's the sense of, I think there's two things, there's two words that come to mind. There's exile, yeah. right? They're removed from the garden. Uh, and they're also, there's alienated, right? So they're exiled physically they can't mm-hmm. go back to the garden but then they're alienated from god alienated mm. from creation which is now fallen alienated from each other alienated from themselves right? yeah, All that's really good things that they're no longer at home yeah in any true sense yeah so you i like that i like those two kind of nuances there with those words you said about physical existence there's an ex exile away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the shalom mm-hmm. so all of it was severed right relation to god self-creation fellow humans um fractured not completely done away with but fractured mm-hmm. and marred right um and then the sense of alienation oh and i'm spiritually displaced i'm emotionally displaced everything feels dislocated that's why actually um I know re- the word religion gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. um, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. You know why I like it? Because in Latin, it means to re-ligament, to mm-hmm. repair something. Mm-hmm. And religion, at its best, mm-hmm. is all about repairing yeah. what was broken. Right. Yeah, and redemption is you know the restoration that all have words that sort of, in the end they mean to lead us home in yeah. all of those ways, not just moving from this locality of earth to locality of heaven, because I don't even know 
if there's different localities, obviously, and then in the age to come, we don't, I mean, we don't know. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I, people have different, is this, is it a renewed earth? Is it a new place? Is, right. What is all, is it figurative language? But it, it, it is at least a sense of we are back home mm-hmm. and not just in the sense of locality, but in the sense that we're no longer alienated from God. We're no longer alienated from our surroundings, from each other, from ourselves. Um, because not very long after they leave the garden, there is the, you know, there's God saying to Cain, hey, where's your brother? Yeah. And Cain saying, I'm not my brother's keeper. Yeah. I mean, he already killed his brother. Right. I mean, it went, you know, South it fast. escalated quickly. Yeah, <laughs> as they say, as the kids say these days. Um, <laughs> and and then it just, I mean, it goes, it's almost um, cartoonish, like a graphic novel. It goes from this perfect, this shalom to it's the Lord of the Flies. I mean, Everything. I mean, the, the, you know, Genesis, what? Genesis 6 is the flood? Mm-hmm. Is Noah's comes yeah, along Genesis and we've got to destroy everybody? So, yeah, God's sad. And oh, Genesis I mean, 6, he's deeply grieved. Deeply grieved. And so it goes bad fast. Um, and so what, let's talk about like, how do we, how are we alienated? How do we sense this alienation? Mm. What is that? How do we experience that today? You and I as believers in God's church, yeah. even. How do we sense alienation? Yeah, I, you're, it's, to me, this is a fascinating, you know, uh, conversation. So pre-scientific uh, uh, development of human psychology, mm-hmm. uh, you have mystical Christianity, yeah. which a lot of that is deeply psychological without some right. of the terminology. Um, and one of the things you look back into this and you see shame and fear enter into humanity mm-hmm. right so they weren't They're ashamed no longer unashamed right. right and uh and then i hid why did i hide because i was afraid right so there's a to me two key um human pre- uh, conditions of sin and the fall is fear and shame and so i experienced that on quite a few different levels um and and when you're asking like, okay, how do we experience that in the church? I would say, well, I can experience that personally when someone is not like me. I can feel threatened when someone has a different idea than I do. Mm-hmm. Someone looks different than mm-hmm. I do. What that is, is really fear. Mm-hmm. It's fear. Or I can't get my act together. And so I need to posture something that's not really true and present a self that's not true when that's probably shame. Mm-hmm. And so you see that to me, one of the most detrimental things is that's probably going to foster an environment of a lack of hospitality. Those, that potential, how do we foster that? Right. So I loved your question, like, yeah. am I my brother's keeper? Yeah. I think that's when we're simply left to fear and shame, we're going to ask that question. Yeah. Well, right. no, we're not. Right. I'm not. And obviously, the correct answer is yes. Yeah. And we, we don't want to live in a world where we feel like we have that obligation. So we're alienated from each other in a way that I don't want to be obligated to you. I, and I don't want you to be obligated to me. We, let's just be on our own. You do you. Mm-hmm. I'll do me. And this this sense of, you know, you go to your own home. Mm-hmm. I'll go to my own home mm-hmm. and we'll retreat. Um, I also think that we are alienated from God in such a way that we sort of naturally push back on this 
you know, we say we want Eden, but we, but we're the same people who leave. We say we mm. want Eden, but I, yeah, I don't know if I want to be naked and unashamed. I don't want to be naked for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, we right. say we want Eden, but do I really want to live in a way in which you're depending on me and I'm depending on you and we're in the, uh, I don't know. Well, it's, that's a great question. Do I really want Eden? And I think most people would say, well, of course I do. Of course yeah. I want Eden. I want Shalom. I want peace. I want people to love each other and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just watched this interesting short video where a guy used a phrase uh, and he said something about in the West, we're addicted to being in charge. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought, oh, that's, that's an interesting way to put it. And I think that's indicative of, no, I don't really want Eden because in Eden, I'm not, I'm in, not charge. in charge. Yeah. I'm a subject. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, we, we are, and so we have, yeah, we want to be in control. We don't trust. Um, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't, you know, all of those, you know, you're, there, is there vulnerability in, in Eden? I suppose at least potentially there is, except there's no one to hurt you, mm. right? Um, and so it's, it's this sort of, it, you know, it breaks down in our culture very much into an us and an them, sort of. Mm-hmm. Everything is a narrative where that has an us and a them, it seems like. So whether that's culturally, whether that's, you know, the culture wars is that phrase comes from an us and them, one side of the culture, the other side of the culture. We even say this, right? Yep. Politically, there's one side of the political spectrum, the other side, of, and they're at war. And so in war, you have a victor and you have the vanquished, you have a winner, you have a loser. There's no sense that we come together for some sort of common hmm. good. And the church in this culture is A, supposed to be a place in which we don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, among ourselves, just to start with. Sure, just, yeah. Just to start with that, That's ourselves. a good starting. That's yeah. enough work for a lifetime. Yes, <laughs> that we are all recognizing that we're all together in this story, that we have a common identity, that we're adopted into a common family, that we have a common mission, that we're going in the same direction, that we're going to spend eternity together. And... What's interesting as I thought about this is that I think there's part of me that longs for that, mm-hmm. but that kind of scares me too. Sure. Because now I'm, you know, now I'm dependent in some way on Jacob. Do I really want that? Right. And he's dependent on me. Do I really want to be responsible? Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my I brother's keeper? I don't, I don't know if I want to be. And so I think there's a sense in which we can come to church not to create a home, but as a consumer to consume a place that makes me feel like I'm at home, but I'm not participating in the home part of it. Uh, that's really you know good. That's really good. I feel like there's a couple of storylines that we're being inundated with just as you watch TV and listen to music. Like one of the storylines feels like this. We are here to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the answer to the question yeah. in capitalist America is... I exist to buy things, right? And I need to buy things to make me happy. And I'm just the one big part of my identity is what I'm buying. Yeah, I'm one click away. I'm mm-hmm. one purchase right. away right. from being happy. Right. And uh, and I think the other one, uh, it's a little darker. I think the other storyline that we're seeing a lot is I just want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. I'm fatigued. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. So can I, like to your point, can I come to church? And can I maybe get something transactionally for me 
that maybe doesn't cost me a lot, but it fills me up a little bit? And can I do it in such a way where I get left alone? I totally, I mean, I feel that. I want to be left alone. Sure. Yeah. I, right. I, this, I feel yeah. That. I mean, absolutely. I'm definitely, I'm an introvert. I sort of want to retreat. I want to be, you know, if I'm around people, that's great for a while. I can be fun. I can be alive at the party. But then I just want to be, when it's time to go, I want to go. And then I want to go back to normal. Sure. And just me. And I do feel like there's a sense of, boy, I don't know if, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't we all want to be left alone? <laughs> and I think that's part of the part of us that it is not good for a man to be alone. Mm-hmm. But it feel in my fallen state, uh, often it feels good. Yeah. Right. And I don't mean just by myself in nature, or obviously you can take a walk by yourself and and you can be alone, but the it's it's a deeper, like I, I want to be independent. Mm-hmm. I want to be self-sufficient. Yeah. I want to be I want to be my own thing and I can join you and have community like almost something that I'm you know transacting when I want it and then I when it's when I want to I want to be able to withdraw and be out of the community. I want to identify the community with the community when I want to and then I want to disassociate and mm-hmm. talk about them. Mm-hmm. Those people, hmm. those crazy Christians. Yeah. When I don't want to be associated with them. And it's interesting in that God does not do that to us. Yeah. Right? He comes as one of us, walks as one of us, experiences more than all the badness that we experience for us. Like he does, he risks everything to un, to make a way so that we're no longer alienated. Yeah. And sometimes we still like alienation. Well, what do you think it is with the, uh, why is the us, them lines that we draw, why is it so powerful? Mm-hmm. Like it gives, it has to mm-hmm. give us something. Yeah. I think, I personally, I probably, I might go to this well too often, but I do believe that we are in a story together. We're in this grand epic story that gives us an identity it gives us a community, it gives us a purpose, and it gives us a destination. Mm-hmm. And we as a culture have rejected any sort of unifying story. So we're looking for identity and community and meaning and purpose in all these different places. And often we find that uh, in defining myself against something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm not... I'm not what I eat, I'm what I don't eat, hmm. you know? So I'm what I don't, what I would never vote for, not what I would vote for. You know, it's, it's the rejection of those people, um, that position. And it, it, you, you, even, even if you look at a political discussion or it's, it's almost all, this is what I hate, hmm. those people are awful, this is what I'm yeah. against. There's very little. This is how we solve the problem. This is how we move forward. This is how we address the issues. There's very little of that because we're finding our identity and all these things we're opposing ourselves to. And so it is, a, you know, to then, ch- it's not just a matter of changing my mind because now I don't know who I am. Mm. The only other, I've, I defined it in such, there's just, there's the, 
enemy people over there. Yeah. And then there's our people over there. I mean, I don't even know how I change because there's no middle ground. Well, and this is all, you know, why, why are we having this conversation in this podcast around this series? Because you can't, I can't be a home for somebody, for myself, mm-hmm. when I'm drawing us and thems. Because right. to me, and I don't, I don't know everything about the soul and mm-hmm. uh, heart work and head work, but it seems like if you're starting from a place of negativity and you're defining who you are based on rejects, rejecting something else, it just seems like you're setting right. yourself up for a huge that's discontentment. Right. That's right. Yes, and and that's and right. and then if I you know, if I'm drawing us and thems, the reality is this: I probably have an us them within me. Yeah. Like there's probably parts of me that I haven't reconciled with, mm-hmm. that I haven't figured out how to like. Yeah. Oh, alienation. I'm alienated right. from myself, that's so right. it makes me feel powerful self-righteous, strong, I don't know, Mm -hmm. to say, I can't look at that. So what I'd rather do is draw these external lines. You're not like me, and I'm better than you. And I do think that's, I mean, we are impacted by our culture. All that has infected our hearts and affects the church. And we us and them within the church, of course. We us and them theologically, uh, rather than just disagree and find common ground. We don't do any of that stuff very often. Um, And... I do think that unless we can kind of name that and create a counterculture of community within ourselves and you know among ourselves, then we don't have the kind of home that Christ wants us to invite people to. Sure. Right? We're just, in a, you know, welcome home doesn't mean leave the them and come to us. <laughs> yeah, right. right. It, it doesn't mean that. No, it doesn't. But we want it to sort of... We, if something feels good about the us and them, that's part of what I think that's part of the answer to the question. Yeah, we need more us, so leave them and come to us. So we can build our us's. Right. And, um, you know, us is better than them. So, and we're campaigning for them, but it's really, uh, we come join this story that we're all a part of, that define this family, this identity, this ministry, this meaning, this purpose, and this destination, because it's what you're made for. You know, come join us on this thing that it's not our creation. We're not in charge of it. Right. You know, in a lot of senses, like just wake up to the reality yes. all, that is all around yes. you. It's not like, hey, we are the only ones that has this thing and you don't, you don't right. know anything about right. life and everything you got else. got the wrong answers. Right. 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 So I think that's the, and I, I do believe we have right answers in a sense because Christ gives them to us. But I think it's more this sense of if we are on this big story together, then it's, it's, now come along with me. Yes, right. It's a different invitation. But I got to be on the story. I got to be on the journey. And if I'm static and us and them, I don't really have anything to invite people to. Yeah. Let me, this is a, this is Rogue Table Talks, correct? Rogue So I'm going talk. rogue on don't a two, go um, let, me, let me go off here. I got a two second rant. Okay. And I would just encourage whoever's listening, listen to your teachers. Like who's teaching you? And how are they teaching you? Because sometimes you're the the people that are feeding you, they're you're just following suit. I'm following suit, and they are already living in an us them, and mm-hmm. they're drawing lines right and left. Right. And all I'm doing is just kind of parroting what's going on. So you you read authors, you listen to podcasts, you listen to the news. I would just say listen with awareness. Like, is that person inviting you to a larger sense of grace, mm-hmm. or are they? reinforcing everything you think was true anyways like no no this is why we should stay us and that's why they're them and they're bad yeah i do think that's an important 
uh, I want to be delicate and compassionate, I suppose, because I understand where some people are coming from, where, listen, we need the church to teach against this more strongly. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's wrong to teach against a sin necessarily, but if that's what defines us, then we're just like the faction that we're defined by what we're against. We want to, okay, the reason, it's not that we're against that and God calls that bad, the reason is that's that's counter to the story you were made mm-hmm. for. That's not who you are. That's mm-hmm. not Eden or the new heaven or the new earth. Yeah. Christ has a better life, a life of flourishing. And so that am I living that life to some imperfect degree? Are we trying to live it together? And can I invite you along? And that's a whole different thing than just saying that's a sin. And we're going to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Well, we can be clear about it in a way that invites you into something better. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not living the something better, then that makes it a, it's a hard invitation, right? And really, I'm just making myself feel good that I'm the us and you're the them. Okay. And often, we, you know, we them, we otherize people with sins that are different from us. Sure. I mean, people don't say, you know what, you need to come out and really go strong against gossip. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever heard that. Where's your anti-gluttony shirt? Where is your anti-gluttony <laughs> message? Right. Um, because I, you know, we, we want to otherize the sins other people have. And I'm not saying we, I'm not saying anything about our theology is changed or unclear about what is sinful sexually or any of those things. But the reason that there's a deeper reason why it's wrong, because it violates the sacred story that we're invited into, and it will keep us ultimately from a life of flourishing. And if I really believe that, then I can, I'm a better position to invite you into something. If I'm like, I'm defined by the person who doesn't do this sin, and you're defined by the person who does do that sin, well, that's an us and them. And and that's not invitational. It's ultimately using truth as a weapon. Yeah. So Keller gave a paradigm a while ago. I thought it was super helpful. And he said, you know, we're called to be theologically intolerant, but socially tolerant. Mm. And I thought that was really helpful to say, I can still hold conservative Orthodox beliefs, but when it comes to practically walking with somebody, I'm holding out hope to the last possible second. There has to be a, what we would call pastoral presence, a welcoming warm, like I'm not here just to get you on my theological page. Right. I'm yes. here to learn about you, right. to be curious about you, probably to learn from you. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. I have some, you have something to offer sure. the world right. and I would love to see what You're that is. You're an image bearer. Yeah. Um, you are part of God's creation and reality and you've got something that probably he wants to show me through you. Uh, and, you know, it's to the Jews, I became like a Jew to, to win the Jews, where the goal is to win the Jews, but I can't disassociate and I can't finger point and I can't name call because, well, how does that, you know, I have to enter into that world so that I can form relationships, so that I can form common ground, so that I can invite you into this bigger story. I do think, too, there's this theme of alienation and refugee, immigrant, foreigner status that runs all through the Bible. That yes. God's people were all of those things at various times. Yes. Um, you know, Colossians, uh, we were alienated from God and, and from each other. Hebrews 11, we're strangers and aliens. First uh, Peter, you know, there were aliens in the world. Um, in the Old Testament, hey, welcome 
the refugee, welcome the immigrant, welcome the foreigner, because you were all of those things. Right. The why to me is like the issue. Yes. Why well why were they called to let welcome the immigrant and the poor and the widow and the fatherless? Because, because you, you were, were all of those things. This was you. And I think that there's something about okay, but I'm not any of those things now. But I but I I'm still alienated. That's good, yeah. Right? I mean Ephesians 2.12, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world, that we were alienated spiritually, and now we're part of God's people, we're joined with Christ, but we're still not living it perfectly. We're still sort of aliens and wanderers. I think part of our problem is we want to feel like we're at home. You know, we settle for lesser homes. Mm -hmm. Like, I got my man cave. She's mm -hmm. got her she shed. I got my car. <laughs> you got, just burned down my she shed. <laughs> um, that, you know, that I want to have these safe places where I can basically just be away from people or whatever. And that's, that's a, like a lesser home. Yeah. And that we're made for a bigger home than I. And so it actually doesn't, I don't feel at home when I'm around other people. I don't feel at home yeah. when I'm interacting with, you know, to those sinners, I became like those sinners to win those sinners. That doesn't feel at home to me. And so I think that can keep us from, I'm not necessarily meant to feel at home all the time mm -hmm. because I'm not at home, mm -hmm. but I'm to welcome people to this home that is on this journey towards home. Yeah. You know what I just thought about, think about what you're talking, um, two things, and I might not get to the second one, but the first one is this, is a lot of the violence that is in the world post-Genesis 3 is, I would argue, an inability of humanity to cope with the alienation mm -hmm. and the exile. I don't know, we don't know what to do with that. So it comes out in verbal violence, it comes out in emotional violence it comes out in physical violence mm -hmm. and then you see jesus come into an alienated world and into a world of exile and yet you see him counter all of this with love mm -hmm. with peace and with truth mm -hmm. and you see him and one of my arguments for God is that how did Jesus not simply just react like every other human being has ever reacted to being born in exile? You thrash around. Mm -hmm. That's what people do. We yeah. thrash around because we can't stand it. And here is a man fully settled in his identity and mm -hmm. his purpose and his calling. And he's big enough to hold the sense of alienation. Yeah. To me, this is the one of the counterpoints for the gospel is mm -hmm. he's big enough to hold everything that has gone wrong and all that's fallen, and he invites his people to yeah, be that place that's right. too. That's right. I do think that's an interesting way to put it, that, you know, I had this long conversation this morning with somebody talking about, um, you know, basically how do we help people uh, share the gospel? How do we help, how are we helping people be equipped um, to, you know, share the gospel, to be missional, to be effective? and and I, I kept, I felt feeling like I was going, you know, sort of in circles because I was basically trying to say, it's not, there's no magic answer that 
There's no magic wand. There's no, if you say this, they will have no choice but to become, it doesn't suddenly work that way. And that this is how Jesus did it. He was a place in a sense where he felt like home, even to people who were completely alienated. So can I sit and have an, have a conversation with somebody who believes something completely different Mm -hmm. than I do and not be anxious and not feel like everything hangs on every single one of my words, which it doesn't and be genuinely curious and say, Oh, that, that interests me. Like, how did you come to that belief? And, Oh, so it strikes me that that implies this. Do you believe that? Um, Oh, if not, well then how would you, Oh, you maybe haven't thought of that. And, and just have an actual conversation with people that, in a sense, they can feel like they're at home when they're talking about, you know, deep, important stuff, because I'm not, yeah. you know, weird yeah. and anxious. Yeah. This and, is it. Right? Don't be, don't just be weird. don't be weird. Be weird. <laughs> this I feel is like, goal, oh, Christians. Sudden, okay, uh-oh, 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 spiritual conversation. Uh, so what do you think oh, about oh, God? What do I do? What am I going to do? Uh, Jesus. Uh, accept him right now and, and in case you're feeling judged i've been that guy well, i've been that guy we've all been that. instead of partly it's just uh, can i let leave all of that to god and then just oh tell me about that yes I, that actually interests me like i don't have to close the there's no deal i'm responsible for closing here. yeah i don't have to close the deal today or tomorrow but i'm in this conversation where i'm not pretending to be interested or Mm. You know, hoping you think I'm inter- I'm genuinely interested. I'm curious. I want to yeah. find out. How did you get to that place? And, you know, often people get to beliefs because of pain or shame mm-hmm. or fear or whatever. And often people haven't thought through things. And so it's helpful and clarifying for them. And then you really don't know what to say that sort of brings the gospel home to them until you get well into a place where you even know where they are. Yeah. You know, and I feel like we can be a safe, we can, you know, we can be sort of a safe place to explore that. And in a one, you know, meeting with somebody at Starbucks, that can be like a welcome home. Yeah. You know, it's not like just come to church and it's welcome home, but it can be welcome home with my neighbor. And just as I'm sort of, you know, you can be you. I'm not judging you, blaming you, pointing at you. I'm not weirded out by you. I'm not weirded out if you're gay or if you're an atheist or if you're angry with God or if you're whatever. Yeah, well, this is rogue. Right? <laughs> this is rogue. But it's it's because Jesus wasn't. He weirded wasn't. Out by not that. at all. Like, why would he and be nothing shocked? Nothing was sacrificed. Nothing shocked him. Nothing. Right. But that's nothing right. shocks him. Right. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's going to shock you. Yeah. You know. And I think yeah, two takeaways, and we're not even done there. I'm just saying what you, I'm summing up your points is hey. Uh, don't be weird. <laughs> like, hey, just don't be weird. It's right. like, it's cool. Right. Just like, yes. let's have a conversation. Yeah. And then like, one of your points sounds like two people talking. Okay. So, you know, Chad 15 years ago, I'll just say this, Chad 15 years ago is very interested, very self-interested in how I'm going to present my conversation to you. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've grown an inch. So hopefully Chad now is a little more interested in like just tell me about you like i'm not i don't have to be as interested in getting my point across i just want to know what you're about i just want to hear what's going on with you so yeah don't be weird don't be judgy Mm -hmm. like it's easy to feel like i've got to give you the answers yes and i've got to i've got to tell you the truth because you're 
blind, lost, deaf, dumb, all the metaphors that we use for sin, and we haven't really nuanced total depravity very well. Mm -hmm. Um, The totality of the human being has fallen. It doesn't mean people are only evil all the time. Right. That's right. (laughs) Yes, there are still image bearers. God is still able to do good things through them. They still have actual wisdom from time to time, and I can learn from them. And and in, in any way, they're 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 immensely valuable people. Yeah, and they're people that Christ loves and has compassion for. Absolutely. Um, I th- you know I think that we're going to delve deeply into the compassion angle of Welcome Home um, next time. But I do feel like the sense that it's really not about them. It can I be unanxious with I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know where this is going. Yeah but I can sort of trust that whatever happens, I'm just getting to know you as a person. And, you know, what God's going to lead me in some direction eventually, later. Uh, but I think if we could let ourselves let go of the um, responsibility of, you know, getting them in the fold, the first conversation, the second conversation, the third conversation, mm-hmm. then we actually will be someone that, and um, we can display the gospel in our lives. We can, oh, they're telling me about something painful. Oh, that sounds really painful. Are you going through it right now? Mm-hmm. Would you mind if I prayed for you? I mean, not right now, because I don't want to weird you out in Starbucks, but can I pray? Sure, right. Whatever. And I think that's sort of, oh, now you're, you're in a sense sharing the gospel with him indirectly, yeah, be the gospel. You're being the gospel. Be the gospel. Because you actually genuinely are caring. Yeah. For, they're not an object. They're not a goal. They're not a bullet on a, on a list. And I think that we, we can sort of then be, but I have to sort of be a little bit more at home with mm-hmm. myself, a little mm-hmm. bit more at home in the gospel myself, and a little bit more at home with, I'm, you know, I'm not controlling the outcome. I'm not in charge of this sort of thing. And all of that is works against alienation works against all of that. Yeah, and 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 I think we've we I know we've said this. So we're coming back to this point, but the whole to me what you're talking about is the movement of restoration for humanity. It's the gospel transforming my heart where I am more settled. The only way I get there is I have to be less weird with my own sin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like the person sin across the table. Like if and I'm, I'm pretending I'm not a sinner, yeah, then you're I have sin to go me there. That's, that's I have to go there with me yeah, to really be good. like, oh man, no, yep. whatever it is for me, right. I've got to face it. I've got to trust that right. I'm accepted purely grace, right. and I've got to come to terms with it mm-hmm. and not be so whatever freaked out by it, shocked by it, judge myself by it. And then I can sit with somebody and say, I don't need to judge you because, man, I have the same kind of different as you. Sure, whatever it yeah. is. I think that's right. The more I inhab- the gospel inhabits me and I realize I need grace every day and I need to preach the gospel to myself every day, the less your sin is going to weird me out and the more at home I can be with myself and with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, mm. that kicks off Kaboom. the first... Kaboom! Kaboom! <laughs> What's up? Welcome I'm not home. sure what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome home. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, that's a little uh, mind melt. If your mind melted there, go watch some funny cat videos or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for subscribing to Rogue Table Talks. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, but this, yeah, we're kicking off this new series. So we're going to look forward to 
all the ways in which we can, or some of the ways perhaps, in which we can um, really live out the gospel, be home, be hospitable in spirit and in whatever, and what gets in the way of all mm-hmm. this. So yeah. we look forward to that journey. Uh, until then, uh, it's been a, it's been a great pleasure this past uh, you know forty minutes or whatever, kind of on this weird journey with you. We'll <laughs> look forward to the next weird journey. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.